people to slip out the back for Children's Church. And then uh, let me give you two other just really brief announcements. Don't forget that next Sunday is time change, so uh, make sure you change your clocks. Spring forward. If you don't, you're going to be late. So make sure you uh, spring your clock forward for next week and uh, for time change. And also, just let me remind you that after the service today, we have lunch uh, for all the different groups of workers throughout the church that we've been announcing for several weeks. Sunday school teachers, teen workers, teens and their parents, uh, nursery workers, kitchen workers, uh, security team, all those groups. We are going to meet after the service for a lunch real quickly and then uh, just several announcements to get some things organized. So um, the rest of us, we can be opening our Bibles to Ephesians 6 to start today. Now, we've been in the book of Ephesians for a while, and we're into this passage uh, dealing with um, the, the whole armor of God. And we're not going to be there very long today because today we're going to partake in communion. But we've been dealing with this passage, and, and in Ephesians 6, as you get into verse 13, we're not quite there. We're in 13 just starting, but let's start reading 13 today. It says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with the truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now that's where we're going to be heading in the, over the next few weeks, dealing in the book of Ephesians. But today I want to key in on one word in that list, in that armor, and that word is salvation. Salvation. As we, as we prepare our hearts and begin to think about partaking in the Lord's Supper today, we want to consider some thoughts about salvation. The first thought I want us to consider today is this, salvation comes only through Jesus Christ. Salvation comes only through Jesus Christ. If you have your Bibles open to Acts chapter 3, and in Acts chapter 3 and chapter 4, uh, there is a story where a man that was lame is healed. And, um, and, and in, in chapter 3 and into chapter 4, we see that story unfolding. And we don't have time today to read that entire story. But in Acts chapter 3 and starting in verse 6, you can see where it says, Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have uh, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Now, most of us have heard this, this story, this miracle that took place where this man that was, that was lame had, could not walk and and. Peter prays for him and says, you know, I'm going to give you what I have. And he says, in the name of Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. And the man stands up and walks. A great miracle and great rejoicing there. But, of course, um, there was a group that didn't appreciate that a whole lot. And, unfortunately, it was the religious leaders of the day. And the religious leaders, the, uh, the scribes and, and some of the other folks around didn't appreciate that a whole lot. So they basically took Peter and John into captivity overnight to release them uh, the next day. And uh, as, as that was, was going on, and uh, then you turn over to chapter 4 and verse 8, when Peter gets a chance to speak, uh, Peter, Peter has some very potent things to say. And here's what he says in chapter 4 and starting in verse 8. 
He says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, If we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto all you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand be here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. And then this verse, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Wow, that's a pretty powerful speech. I mean, Peter looks at this group and he says, I'm here to testify about who healed this man. And he said, it's Jesus Christ, oh, by the way, who you crucified. That's what he, I mean, that's pretty powerful to sit and point his finger at the scribes and say, this is what you did. You, you put this man on the cross. God raised him the third day, and I'm here to testify that there is salvation in no other name under heaven other than the name of Jesus Christ. And folks, I'm here to tell you today that their salvation comes only through Jesus Christ. We can go back into the book of Ephesians at the beginning of our study, at, at the very beginning, Ephesians uh, chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 1, and starting in verse 5, notice what it says. It says, Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Wow, there's a lot there in those few verses, but basically one thing that can summarize those verses is this. It's all about Jesus Christ. It's all, salvation is all about you. All those, pa that passage there, the, the fact that we are, ch we are chosen to him, we, we have been redeemed by him, we're, all these things, it goes back to Jesus Christ. And folks, Jesus Christ himself, in John chapter 14 declares, he said, the verse says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now, folks, I'm here to tell you today that in this world today, we have people that try to tell you there's other ways to get to heaven. There's other people you can trust to get to heaven. There are things you can do to get to heaven. There, there, are, there are things you can perform, places you can pray, praying certain directions, doing certain things, beating on yourself, all these things. All these ways people try to tell us are ways to get to heaven. But Jesus Christ himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Listen, folks, salvation comes only through Jesus Christ. We can turn to the most 
familiar verse in probably all the world. Anywhere you go, people know John 3, 16. And, and you see people talk about it. You see signs people hold up about everything. We all know this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But we usually stop there. <laughs> we don't usually read verse 17. Because verse 17 holds some crucial, crucial information for us. Verse 17 says this, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Might be saved. See, folks, God loved us so much that he sent Jesus Christ to the cross to shed his blood on the cross, to pay the price of redemption. We'll look at that in a few moments. And Jesus Christ was sent there so that we have a means of salvation. And the means of salvation is through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Turn over just for a moment to 1 Peter. We have all these different people uh, that have written passages in Scripture that, that deal with this issue. 1 Peter and uh, 1 Peter chapter 1 and starting in verse 3, notice what it says in 1 Peter 1 and verse 3. It says this. It says, Blessed uh, be the God and, the fa and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold, that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Who having not seen, ye love, and whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Folks, I'm here to tell you today, Jesus Christ is the method whereby we obtain salvation. Salvation comes from Jesus Christ alone. And we might need to understand it today. Number two today, I want us to understand that we are redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. We're redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. If you turn over to Hebrews just for a moment today. Uh, Hebrews chapter 9 this morning. We, we studied the book of Hebrews in depth a couple, couple of studies back. But Hebrews chapter 9, if you remember these verses. Hebrews chapter 9 verses 12 to 14. Here's what it says. It says, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctify it to, to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? 
You know, in this passage in Hebrews, we, we, get, we get a picture back to the Old Testament, to the Old Testament sacrifices that were offered in the tabernacle. And listen, folks, we understand that the tabernacle was a house of blood. There was sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice made there to, to, to try to seek forgiveness, atonement for sins. But we know all that was picturing what was to come. All that was was a picture, a snapshot of Jesus Christ going to the cross and offering his blood on the cross once for all. But all those sacrifices over time there in the tent, and, and, and listen folks, it says in this verse that neither by the blood of, of, of goats and, and of calves, but by his own blood. In other words, the sacrifice of those things was not sufficient. They were a picture looking forward to Jesus Christ. And when Jesus Christ went to the cross, and what does this passage says? It says he obtained eternal redemption for us. Now, folks, the word redemption literally means in the Greek the ransom from imprisonment, from debt, or from slavery. And it's literally paying the full ransom price. Now, get that, folks. This is important. Words are important, and definitions of words are important. Jesus Christ, when he secured our redemption, he released us from imprisonment. We were slaves, the Bible tells us, we were slaves to sin. And when Jesus Christ went to the cross of Calvary and shed his blood and was put in the grave and rose again the third day, and we trust in him, we are released from the bondage of sin. If you, I, I just picture a prisoner, and he's in shackles, and he's in bondage, and all of a sudden he trusts in Jesus Christ, and it's like somebody flips a switch, and the shackles fall off, and the gate of the prison opens up, and he's free. He's free. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. That's why. Because Jesus Christ's blood secured our redemption. Oh, the old song, I hear the Savior say, thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray, find in me thine all in all. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. My sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Lord, now indeed I find thy power and thine alone can change the leper's spot and melt the heart of stone. And when before the throne I stand in him complete, Jesus died my soul to save, my lips shall still repeat. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Listen, folks, that's a powerful song. And that song is very true because Christ, when he went to the cross and shed his blood for you and me, he purchased our redemption through his blood. But listen, the writer of Hebrews isn't the only person to speak to that. We can go back into 1 Peter for just a second, back to 1 Peter 18 and 19, and, and take a look there again just real quickly at a, at a passage in there. We were in 1 Peter 1 earlier, but now if you go to the end of that chapter, uh, almost to the end, verse 18, it says, For as much as ye know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, 
as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. See, folks, not only does salvation come only through Jesus Christ, but number two, again, we are redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. But notice what this verse says. He says, you're not redeemed by silver or gold. Listen, folks, you can't buy your way into heaven today. Now, they're, they're, listen, we have, we have whole denominations that have built themselves over the centuries on the fact that somehow you can buy your way into heaven. We have other, other denominations that have been built over the centuries that say you've got to work hard enough to get into heaven. We have other ones that say you've got to beat yourself. I remember, I remember reading in a book about, about people that would beat themselves on the back till they were bloody because they thought that would earn their salvation. Or people that go somewhere and crawl up a, a rock staircase on their hands and knees because they think that's going to bring salvation. And folks, listen, this passage tells us that we attain our salvation through one thing and one thing only, and that is the blood of Jesus Christ. And it says in verse 19, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Listen, folks, salvation comes only through Jesus Christ. And also, folks, we are redeemed through the blood of Jesus Christ. What does scripture tell us about the blood? Oh my goodness, folks, if we had time today, we, we, could take, we could take a run through scripture and the scripture has so much to, to give us. But let me just give you a few thoughts today. First Peter 1 tells us Christ's blood is precious. Also in First Peter 1, we find that Christ's blood is pure. Romans chapter 8 tells us that Christ's blood has power to redeem. Romans chapter 5 tells us that Christ's blood justifies. Hebrews chapter 9 tells us that Christ's blood purifies. Acts chapter 20 tells us that Christ's blood purchases. Colossians chapter 1 tells us that Christ's blood brings peace. 1 John chapter 1 tells us that Christ's blood cleanses. Hebrews chapter 10 tells us that Christ's blood gives us access. Matthew 26 tells us that Christ's blood removes sin. See, folks, verse after verse after verse, each one teaching us a very simple principle. And the principle is this. There is power in the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the principle, folks. That's what we need to grasp today. We, we sing the song, would, would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Listen, folks, we have to understand today, not only is Jesus Christ the only way that we can obtain salvation through what he did for us, but we are redeemed by his blood today. His blood is powerful and brings redemption. And then number three today, I want us to notice this. Christ's blood frees man from sin's bondage. Christ's blood frees man from sin's bondage. John chapter 8, if you flip over there for just a second this morning, John chapter 8, and starting in verse 28. John 8 and verse 28. It says this. It says, Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. 
And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. As he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, we be, in Abraham, we, we be Abraham's seed and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, you shall be made free? They kind of forgot sometimes they were in bondage along the way, by the way. You know, when they said that, they kind of forgot Egypt and Babylon and different things. But, but they had been in bondage plenty of times throughout the years. But anyway, Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. See, folks, this, this is the blessing. We trust Jesus Christ as our Savior. We recognize that he alone can bring salvation. We trust in the blood that he shed on Calvary to redeem us from our sins. And with that blood, we get the freedom that comes as we are released from the bondage of sin. I love the end of that verse. If the, uh, that, that verse, the whole verse 36 at the end of that passage. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free Indeed. What a wonderful verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and, ver and the end of verse 17 says, Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is liberty. And then you can go all the way back into the Old Testament, into Isaiah for just a second. Isaiah 42. In Isaiah 42 and starting in verse 6, it says this. It says, If the Lord have called thee in righteousness and will hold thine hand and will keep thee and give thee for a covenant of the people for a light of the Gentiles to open the blind eyes to bring out the prisoners from the prison and then that sit in darkness out of the prison house I am the Lord that is my name and my glory will I not give to another neither my praise to graven images what a powerful passage in Isaiah but part of what the description is there is that he releases the prisoners from the prison Folks, every one of us today, until we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior, we are in bondage, we are in prison, we are a slave to our sin, and Jesus Christ came to open the prison door. All we have to do is trust in the shed blood of Jesus Christ today. Jesus Christ came to give us an opportunity to be released, freed from the bondage of sin. Listen, folks, as we, as we prepare for communion here in just a couple of minutes, and the gentlemen that are helping today, you can go ahead and start making your way down here this, this morning to the front row. But as we prepare for communion, folks, listen, let us be cognizant of the fact that salvation comes from Jesus Christ alone, that we are redeemed by the blood of Christ, and that Christ's blood frees man from sin's bondage. Folks, that is why we partake in communion today. That is why this is such an important part of the service today. We are, we are recognizing what Jesus Christ did. The power of his blood for the redemption of sin today. What a wonderful thought. You know, as we go into this time of communion... The Lord's Supper is referred to in many ways in the New Testament. It's called communion, fellowship, the breaking of bread, the Lord's table. But what it is, folks, it's a, it's a sacred ordinance of the New Testament church. 
It's open to all those who have been genuinely saved. Concerning the Lord's Supper, the Apostle Paul said this. It says, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. The ordinance of the supper are two things. The bread symbolizing the broken body of Christ upon the cross and the cup symbolizing the shed blood of Christ as a sacrifice for the redemption of our sins. Communion has a threefold significance. During communion, we look back in remembrance to Christ's death on the cross for our redemption. We look forward to his coming again when we eat and drink with him in his kingdom. And we look within to examine ourselves, to examine the conditions of our heart and the closeness of our relationship with him. To the Christian, the Lord's Supper is a time of solemn self-examination. It's no light matter. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-seven to 32 says, Wherefore, um, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. Listen, folks, as we come to this time of the Lord's Supper today, we want to take just a moment this morning, and, and we want to ask ourselves and, and, and seek within ourselves, but seek the Lord and say, Lord, like David did, search me, try me, see if there be any wicked way in me. That's what David prayed. And, Lord, to, and, and so, folks, today as we get ready to, to participate in the Lord's Supper in just a minute, let's take a moment of reflection. Let's spend a moment in prayer. Remembering what the scripture says in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's pray, spend some time in prayer this morning. Lord, we thank you for this morning. Lord, we thank you for this time that we can participate in communion, Lord, this time that we can remember, Lord, that we can remember what you did for us on the cross of Calvary, for the beating that you took, for God turning his face on you, for the blood that was shed, for the sacrifice that was made. Lord, as we prepare for this time today, we, we ask, Lord, that you would help us Help us to look in our heart, Lord, to see if there's something that needs to be confessed before we take, take part in this today. Lord, help us to make things right with you so that our heart is prepared to participate in communion in just a few minutes. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. At this time, we will pass out the bread.
1 Corinthians 11:23 says the Lord the Jesus the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said take eat this is my body which is broken for you this do in remembrance of me Brett Brett would you uh, pray over the bread today Lord Jesus we thank you for this time uh, we pray that you help us to be careful to remember what you did for us Lord and giving yourself giving your body to be a sacrifice to cleanse us and to save us from our sins. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your sacrifice in Jesus' name. After that, Christ said, this do in remembrance of me, in remembrance of him today.
Continuing on in the passage in 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 25, it says, After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as, oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Brian, would you pray over the cup today? After Christ did this, he said, in, rem in remembrance of me, in remembrance of him today. Listen, I would be remiss today if I didn't mention the fact that maybe you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior. You've never trusted in the shed blood that Jesus offered on the cross. And uh, I would encourage you today, listen, if that's you today and you want to know more about how you can trust Jesus Christ, your Savior, after the service is dismissed, see me or see one of the men in the back and we'll get somebody paired up with you that can show you how you can know for sure that you're saved today. But listen, folks, not just this Sunday when we take part in communion, but throughout the entire week of our entire lives, let us remember that we have salvation by Jesus Christ alone that that redemption comes through his shed blood and that we are free today from the bondage of sin because of what Jesus Christ did for us. Let's stand for a closing word of prayer today. Let me remind uh, the folks that are in all the different groups. We have our lunch and meeting in the back today. Let me remind you that the uh, sign-up sheet for the couples retreat is in the back and also for the ladies' uh, tea and luncheon coming up on March 16th, that sign-up sheet is, is still in the back today. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for this day, for your blessings to us, Lord. We, uh, we thank you for this time that we can take some time out of our, our regular service, Lord, to spend some extra time focusing on the sacrifice that you made for each one of us. Lord, I trust today that we would always remember the redemption that was brought about through your blood. Lord, we're thankful for that sacrifice today, Lord. And Lord, we pray that as each one of us goes home, as we just consider and ponder uh, today, Lord, we just pray that we would be ever mindful of these things. Lord, I pray that as we dismiss today that you would take each one of us home safely, Lord. We thank you for the uh, food that we're about to eat in the back. Lord, we thank you for those who have prepared it today. And we ask your blessings on us through the week to come. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.